Okay, you guys, I am so <laughs> nervous. This is my first real podcast episode. I know I kind of introduced myself last time, but this is really just diving in and I'm you guys are going to live this experience with me. I mean, I have feel like I've been preparing this story for the past couple years. I mean, cuz it's the past couple years of my life and I've shared bits and pieces here and there and I'm kind of excited to dive down and share this whole experience because it was hard. It's been a little traumatic. Not traumatic, but it's been a little emotional kind of looking back through all my journals and looking at the timeline, seeing all my feelings and really bringing it out. I just feel like I'm living in living in it all over again. So for those of you who don't know, Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints can choose and be called to serve a mission. That means they drop everything in their lives and they go to a different city, state, country. They could speak a different language. Um, And you're pretty much a representative of Jesus Christ coming to share his gospel, his love, to serve other people for 18 months for girls, two years for boys. And it really is like drop everything and go. And this is a dedication that you're going to have in your life. For me, it was a huge different story. I prepared to serve a mission most of my life. And the very first time I turned in my papers, I was told no, that I couldn't go yet. And then when I finally could go, I was sent home early. So this is the story of being called as a missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and then gaining that, I guess you could say, Utah quotation Mormon, quote end quotation, (laughs) early return missionary status. One day, one month, one year, two years. It really shouldn't matter how long you serve, how long it takes you. Like if you think about any other thing, time isn't as specific as it is as the expectations we hold to missionaries. I like to think of pioneers. Pioneers who died before their destination, were they all of a sudden not pioneers? Were they any less of a pioneer than those who were able to live and make it to the destination? I don't think so. I consider all of those pioneers incredibly courageous, incredibly brave. One day, one month, one year, two years, none of that mattered. So in 2015, I graduated from high school. I had been preparing Knowing that leading up I could start my papers a couple months before my 19th birthday and turn them in and get a call and be off. I had no plans for college, no plans for anything besides serving a mission. That was all I wanted to do. That was all I did. I prepared. I mean, I even got like in a missionary routine. I studied, preached my gospel, studied my scriptures daily. I mean, you guys, when I, was, when I say like I was ready, I was ready Okay, that's a lie because apparently I wasn't. I was very anxious to serve. Um, So in September, October-ish of that year, I opened my papers, did everything, turned them in, and about a week later, I got a letter 
and a call from my bishop, went to meet with him, and I was being recommended to see a therapist for up to six months. And after a six-month period of time, I could reevaluate where I was at and maybe that possibility could be opened again. So coming from the mind of a 17, 18-year-old, think of the dreams you had. Usually people only have one one dream, one thing that they're really working towards, and mine was a mission. And being told that I couldn't do that was devastating in itself. So I was like, okay, Heavenly Father, what the heck? Like, <laughs> I've been preparing for so long. This is the one thing I want to do. I literally want to serve you, and you're telling me no? I mean, I was heartbroken to say the least a month later fast forward a month later I meet this boy (laughs) um that experience is a whole other story within itself but it was it seemed as if like the way I met him everything worked it had seemed as if this was the guy I was going to marry So I was in my head being like, okay, this boy, am I switching my focus from mission to marriage? What am I doing here? Um, In that time of uncertainty and not knowing what my future holds, and while I was dating this boy, I moved down to Provo. He He had returned from his mission, and he was debating between different colleges, and one of his colleges was down in Provo. And I think that's how the thought came to me. Um, the confirmation to move down there had nothing to do with him. Now, later, I can see. (laughs) Um, So many times in my journals, I saw a similar phrase, and it was, I am turning everything over to Heavenly Father, all my desires, all my hopes, all my dreams. I'm just turning all over to Him because right now I can't handle, like, another disappointment, another heartbreak because it was a lot for me, you know, 17, 18-year-old who hadn't had their heart broken really before. A couple months later, after the idea that I was going to marry this boy, um, he broke up with me. Very literally broke my heart. I mean, tore me to pieces. It was the hardest thing for me to comprehend because in my head... I had been told no for mission to date this boy and then to be told no to dating the boy or marrying the boy. I was like, okay, that was plan A and plan B. I have no plan C. Like I have no other plans and no reasons why I couldn't do plan A or B. They just didn't happen. I was so furious with Heavenly Father. Specifically, I was heartbroken And all my plans were gone. I had absolutely no direction. Obviously, everything happened for a reason. But at that point, I did not know the reason. So I went to work the next next couple days. I think it was probably a month or two later. And somebody was explaining to me the story of Nehemiah. I think that's how you say it. In the Old Testament where he was commanded to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and an enemy of his kept coming and saying, Nehemiah, come down. Why are you building this wall? And Nehemiah responded, I have a great work to do and I can't come down. I need to do this as fast as I can, pretty much summed up. So he built the wall 
and around the city in approximately 50 days like given that time old testament time i don't know the specifics at the moment i'm assuming that was pretty stinking fast so this person was telling me the story and they said picture god as nehemiah and picture yourself as the enemy so i was sitting there i'm the one asking god what is he doing and why Why can't he come down from what he's doing and deliver me? Why can't he come and save me from this confusion, this heartbreak? But in the reality was that he was building the wall. He was doing a great work. And it had to be done. He could not come down. He couldn't come down and put me on the path I needed to. I needed to go down all of these wrong roads so I could later know for surety that the right road, that when I made it on the road, that I knew it was the right road. Um, I love that Mormon message. If you haven't seen it, um, it's by Elder Holland. It's called Wrong Roads. Uh, You can find it on churchofjesuschrist.org. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it, go pause this, go look at it right now. So after hearing that story, I was like, okay, I get it. I'm being a little confused I get I'm being really mad and I had kind of looked back the last weeks couple weeks and I was like okay I have been told in blessings and promptings and scriptures that Heavenly Father is preparing me for greater things and this was the fastest way to get there blah 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 didn't mean that it was easy I think it just meant it was the fastest way to get there and for me to know that it was the way so as I was not having any plan or direction Me wanting to just kind of get away from everything. I was like, oh, awesome. I'll go do a humanitarian mission in the Dominican Republic. Let me just leave for four or five months. (laughs) Let me just run away from my problems (laughs) and go live in the Dominican Republic. Signed up for that. Paid for that. I was all excited. I was about to leave in like two months. And I went to the temple one day with my friend Amanda. Provo City Center Temple. And I'm sitting there in the baptistry and I was reading in the scriptures somewhere. I don't know. And I had this overwhelming feeling like, Brittany, your time is now. Your time to serve a mission is now. My initial thought was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like I have spent the last almost a year of trying to accept that I'm not going on a mission only to you now tell me that it's time for me to go. So I wrestled with that for a minute in the temple. And the second I got out, I called my bishop. Literally, he had an opening, went over, started my papers, boom. Like it was happening. I tried not to give it a second thought because it was making me so anxious and so worried. Blah, blah, blah. Right. After that, I went and told a different boy I was dating at the time that I was like, great, I'm going on a mission. He broke up with me. So that was an easy answer. I was like, okay, there's no other roads here. Mission it is. So that was around in July. September, before my call, I was able to have the opportunity to go through the temple and receive my endowment. Being able to go through the temple and receive my endowment without the purpose of marriage or without having my mission call, it created the atmosphere of my endowment was its own event. Um, that was very special to me and I see that as a blessing now. Um, two weeks after endowment, after I received my endowment, I got my call. 
And I opened it in front of just my family because I had this irrational fear that something was going to go wrong and I wouldn't even make it out there. So September 28th, I opened my call and I was called to the great California San Diego mission, leaving November 9th, literally in just a little over a month. And (laughs) my two thoughts were great. I'm either getting out there super fast because it's my time or I'm not even going to make it because that's a month away and there's no way I can prepare in a month. Um, But Heavenly Father knew I had been preparing for months for years that my time was now and and this is when I needed to go so wow I feel like that was just quite the hurricane of a story apologize my allergies are picking up a little bit here um so I go to the MTC great I'm on my mission happiest I've ever been about four or five months into my mission That's when things started to get interesting. I had suffered with depression and anxiety before. um, And the first little bit of my mission, it was hard. But I hadn't had any severe problems where it inhibited my capability to serve. Until about four or five months into my mission. All of a sudden, I was getting random anxiety attacks. Random depression, depression, um, lows. I mean, I was so confused. I, I talked to my mission president and his wife. They sent me to a therapist, a psychiatrist. I got on medicines. I mean, that wasn't great. The medicines made me sick. And so I just couldn't seem to get on top of what was going on. And I didn't know the root of my anxieties and my depressions. And I remember, I was sitting in a missionary leadership conference and we were singing our mission song and the most overwhelming feeling came and said, Hermana Estrada, like, this is the last time you will be singing this song as a missionary. And I broke. There were different experiences after that that Heavenly Father had confirmed to me that my mission was over. Only after four and a half, five months, I had completed what I was called to do and I was to go home. He had told me it was time to start a family And that that was more important than, that was more important to my personal salvation than to stay and serve a mission. When I talk about confusion and hurt, and this heartbreak that I talked about earlier from that guy that I thought I was going to marry, it was, and my depression that I've had, it was everything all at once. Just complete heartbreak. I remember I finally, like I had felt that, and I was in a trio at the time. And we walked into the bathroom because I was crying, and I fell to the bathroom floor. Heartbreak, 
complete sob. And I think I was there probably for like 45 minutes to an hour, just heartbreak sobbing on the bathroom floor. Bathroom floors are not clean, friends. They're not clean. But I I literally could not believe it. I can't even find words to describe how I felt. After I had worked for a year and a half to even get a call, an assignment to a place to serve a mission, I was being told by Heavenly Father himself that I needed to go home. The only thing that pushed me to obey that was the scripture I put on my missionary plaque. It's found in Proverbs. And it reads, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. This kind of brings me back to the name of my podcast, Walk by Faith. There's no way that I could have known at that time being a broken-hearted missionary laying on the bathroom floor, sobbing and crying, knowing that I had to leave California and come home to Utah, that a couple months later down the road, I would reconnect with a high school friend who I now call my husband. You see, God's will is always plan A. Always. Our desires and what we want our will to be is plan B. And when we put our trust in Heavenly Father and His will and His plan, everything works out. And it may not be in the way, the timing, the way it looks like it may not be anything from what we thought it'd be. But I promise you guys that as you follow God's will and his plan, it is immensely, hugely greatly, a million times better than anything we could have ever dreamed of. There's no way that I would have thought I would have been married to somebody like my husband. He is not perfect, but he is perfect. If you're married, you know what I mean. (laughs) And Heavenly Father knew exactly who I needed. So this story may seem to be about a boy, a broken heart, a mission, another boy, and all the obstacles in between. But it's actually a story about how I came closer to my Savior, Jesus Christ. 
and how I came to have a more stable faith in God's will, God's timing, the atonement of Jesus Christ, and trusting in them. Because I can't see. We don't walk this life by sight. We walk it blindly by faith. (sighs) Well, you guys, that is (laughs) quite a, um, what's the word when you re-journey back through an experience? Anyways, that was quite the journey through my past. And I hope that, my one hope is that may there be one thing or three things or nothing that you take away from this podcast episode. But I hope that you do. I hope that something spoke to you and that you can find renewed strength or renewed hope. Because there is a plan. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There's a reason for all things. I believe that. I truly do. (sighs) You can like feel my emotions kind of just releasing themselves. (laughs) Anyways, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I apologize it was a little bit longer. I don't really know what a good amount of time is. But I just want to leave you with an encouragement that, again, you're not alone. God loves you. He knows you. And if you follow his will, he will make everything right in the end. Thank you guys for listening to Walk by Faith, and we'll see you guys next time.